Welcome to the top sports podcast you'll listen to this hour. This is the Marston Sipe Sports Podcast featuring Yanch. I think game two will look a little different. I still think the Nets win the series. I think game two will, if Harden doesn't come back, especially, I think I pick the Bucks in game two. Okay, so look. Last episode, I said that I thought the Bucks were gonna win game two and they failed miserably. Hello and welcome to the Mars Insight Sports Podcast featuring Yach. I am Marst, as usual, along with uh, Ben Sykes, uh, Sype, and Yach, Josiah, Timothy Evans. Way to start the episode on Debbie Downer, it sounds like. But... I was just gonna say, start low hey. so that we can build high because... They've tied the series! They've tied the series. They've tied the series. So, but I do have to say, as part of that too, uh, Ben, you said that you could see Brooklyn winning one of these games by 40. I think Brooklyn could blow Milwaukee out by 40 in one of these games. And what happened? They won by 39 points. You were uh, you were pretty spot on with that. I also said Brooklyn would sweep them, uh, which... Yeah, that's not looking quite as good. I I mean, I, I don't want to move into the talk, topic so quickly, but this is what we thought could happen with this team. Injuries. We thought coming into the playoffs that this could be a problem now and you hate to see James Harden and Kyrie Irving going down you don't ever want to see a player injured like that's not what you want to see but we knew coming into the playoffs that this team hadn't been healthy all year long and now it's playoff time and guess what they're not healthy yeah I mean, we're going to talk some about injuries uh, across the NBA, but that seems to be the biggest one right now is the Nets. The biggest two right now. Um, Nets are in trouble Um, over in Brooklyn if they can't stay healthy for sure. But how have y'all been? Uh, Just real quick, catching up. How's, uh, How's the week been? How are we doing? I have been working from, well... I guess now I had a little bit of a break today. I got to have a four-hour nap, which was nice. But I worked from 3 p.m. Thursday, uh, got off at like 8.30, went to bed. Um, And then I worked a double Friday, a double Saturday, and I worked 8 to 3 today. Mm. And so I am a little sleepy, Mm. but I'm feeling better now. Still living the dream out here, still making things happen, but I am a little sleepy. Listen, man, I've been waiting for about two weeks to recover from this wedding and honeymoon. Like, I still feel like I'm <laughs> feeling the effects of it. Like, I'm still stressed out about my wedding that's two weeks over, you know? Like... Well, to be fair, you had a wedding shower today. Yeah, first of all. <laughs> anyway, um, but, you know, uh, and like... You just, you go right back into life. It's like the next day after we got back, I went back into work. And it's like, oh, well, guess that's over. <laughs> back to the grind. Um, you know, and so, like, it's, it's kind of weird. Life is weird because I'm not in college anymore. So it's like, just, I feel like I should be doing homework. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys feel like that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I need to be doing homework. 
all the time. And I'm like, why am I not I doing... still have dreams. I had one this week where I think, oh no, there's an assignment due and I haven't been to class all semester. Like, I've been missing this class all semester long. And there's a big final assignment due and I haven't studied for it. Uh, but what was weird was today mm. I said, like, not ironically, like, just completely saying to... I just was talking. And I said... Back in my high, or throughout my high school and college years, and I have never felt older in my entire life to be able to say throughout my high school and college years and be on the other side of that. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Life can hit quick. Go back in my day. That's what's going to be next. I mean, if y'all want to feel old, the guys who are coming in this next NBA draft this year. Oh my goodness. Were born in 2002 and 2003. Don't feel great about that. <laughs> yeah. Children coming into the league. Children coming into the league. And ch- ch- children. Speaking of that, which who was the first athlete that you're like, yep, they're younger than me, and they're professional. Booker. Booker. Was yours? I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't that he was younger than me. I think he is older than me, but not by. I think he was born in '96. But he was the first guy that I really watched in the NBA, and I said, oh, this guy's, like, a year older than me. Like, because he made the league. I think he was the youngest player in that 2015 draft class, or the second youngest. I think he was the youngest. He had just turned 18 for that draft. And I went, oh, like, that is – he is uncomfortably close to my age. Like, and it was like, this dude's – making millions of dollars right now and I'm up at 2 a.m. writing a paper, you know? Like, it's just one of those things where you're like, oh, they're young. Like, Booker coming into the league was a baby face. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if we're sticking with our teams, uh, seeing Patrick Mahomes only being two years older than me, it's like, that Mm. guy's got (laughs) a... $500 $500 million arm. And he is just two years and two months older than me. Yeah. Luka Doncic still gets me to this oh, day. Oh, yeah. Oh. Luka Doncic, every time I think about it, I'm like, good God, he's younger than me. Yeah, he's... Like, by two yeah, years. he's significantly younger than all of us, which is ridiculous. He was born in yeah. February of 99. It's wild. I mean, it's still... For me, it happened in... When I was watching college sports, uh, and I realized, oh man, like, because I would keep up with it a ton, and I was like, oh, these Razorback players are coming in, and I was seeing them, and I'm like, wait, all these guys are my age. And then I looked at it for, like, I was looking at recruiting and stuff, and I was like, wait a minute, these kids are high schoolers, like, <laughs> this is crazy, like, when did this switch over? Like, I'm over here like, oh, I hope we get this kid on the team, and it's like, literally... I hope we get this kid on the team. Like, he's 17 years old right now, balling out mm-hmm. for this some high school team in uh, Arkansas. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, where has time gone? It's insanity. It's crazy. We are we are getting old. We are we're, we're getting up there. <laughs> it's true. So to uh, avoid talking about that anymore, let's talk about the playoffs, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we see Phoenix closing out the series tonight, and again, Denver exceeding expectations without Jamal Murray. Hearing uh, that they went 13-5 and five after his injury was actually pretty surprising to me. 
I didn't realize that they had that good of a record uh, after Jamal went down. Um, but uh, they put up a good fight, and it was impressive to see. I mean, throughout the series, they played well. They kept they they. Ben, ben is giving you really harsh looks, Josiah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, those first two games weren't close. Uh, those first two games were ugly. Yeah, they were ugly, uh, but they, they gave you a little bit of a scare back in Denver. Um, I didn't... For game four. Yeah. Game three, they played their best game of the series and lost by 14. I Yeah, I still think that uh, Ben is being a little harsh on um, a banged-up Nuggets team, but it's fine. Um, but... I mean, they're just missing Jamal. Barton was recovering from injuries, and Monty Morris. Okay, was... Barton and I, I get that, but like, do you really think that those two players make, like, yeah, no? Uh, I forget what the total was. We beat them by a total. I think we outscored them by ninety something points. Like, yeah, no. In the four game series, I, I just don't think they're gonna make that much of an impact. Yeah, no, and I didn't expect Denver to put up much of a fight, anyways, but. Again, Jokic is my MVP. Jokic was the MVP, and so it does hurt to see them go down, but I'm glad they went down to uh, the Suns, a CP3 team. I want to see CP3 make the finals, which, in all honesty, with the way things are going, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they do, um, because uh, Utah, if they make it out, Mike Conley is going to be fighting that hamstring injury, um, and I think that's... Huge injury for them, one that's not being talked about enough. Because Clippers just lost Ibaka. Yeah, I mean, so either way, um, either team that they face in the Western Conference Finals, um, especially with all of this rest, they're going to be able to get. CP3 is going to be able to rest up that shoulder quite a bit. You could say he hasn't been able to, um, and so it'll be good for him to get that rest in. And then uh, whoever they're facing, I don't think they have much of a chance either way. Um, although I will say I I would not want to see Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs right now because Mm-mm. he is he is on a whole other well, level. I mean he's sorry he's putting his name up there with <laughs> the greats, the all time greats. We're we're seeing a guy that's elevating his game to a new level in the playoffs whenever it matters the most, and so I'm excited to see donovan mitchell to continue to progress his game i I would love to see eventually him take that step into a point guard role and i think he has a great mentor in mike conley but we're still talking about these playoffs right now mitchell recovering from his injury mike conley going down with his injury what do you guys think about the implications of this series with uh utah and clippers they're tied 2-2 now um what are you guys thoughts it all rests on donovan mitchell i mean if donovan mitchell is good to go then he's the X factor to push him through. I mean, I think they'll beat the Clippers if Donovan Mitchell is good to go uh, with that ankle injury. But, I mean, him coming up limping in the last game is just concerning uh, if you're a Jazz fan because that opens the door for the Clippers. But I think if the Clippers make it, I think the Suns are going to beat them. Um, I know the Clippers were my pick but I, at the start of all of this, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in them going up against the Suns team that seems to be everything that they aren't. Um, you know, the Clippers... Knock on wood, barring any injury for those Suns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have the depth, but you got to, fingers crossed there. Absolutely. I'll knock on the wood for you, Ben. And I, I, don't, I don't like trying to pick these the Suns series before they happen. I've just... 
I'm I'm always scared of jinxing it. You know, we I think the Suns don't match up great against either teams. Um, you know, but uh I don't know if there's one I'd rather prefer to see. Uh, I think both will be tough matchups. I think it'll be the first, like, challenge series that Phoenix has had. Like, can we play ball or not? You know, I think we, we struggled early in the L.A. series. Uh, I mean, I, Joe and I disagree. I think that we ran away against Denver. Uh, I really don't. I think we didn't even play I, I think that at all in that fourth quarter of the last yeah, game. Yeah, I think um, Denver gave a fighting chance, but I think Denver was just clearly the better team all around. And... Like Denver giving their fighting chance didn't it didn't matter at the end of it because they they lost heftily. But anyways, continue. Yeah, but I think it it's gonna be a challenge for the Suns because it's gonna be the first time. I really think that they're gonna face a healthy playoff basketball type team this this for the playoffs, and uh, we're gonna need Chris Paul. Um, we're gonna need Chris Paul badly in this series so I'm glad that we did sweep Denver because it gives him a chance to rest his shoulder like Joe said um but I I really do think that right now out of those three teams I could see any one of them making it to the finals and and potentially winning it I don't think that there's any more clear-cut favorite in the east now that both Kyrie and Harden are down with injuries yeah I I was gonna say that's our next uh line of discussion is now the East is wide open. Um if this is this says a lot about Durant's legacy, um if he <laughs> if he wins this series. If he loses it's like, oh he was surrounded by <laughs> I mean they have depth, but they don't have that much depth. You don't <laughs> you're not able to replace <laughs> sixty points a night easily. Um yeah. and so uh but I mean let's say that these injuries are serious and we uh we see a Brooklyn Nets team without Kyrie without Harden um what does this mean for now Milwaukee is able to pretty much walk away with the series um i i think i don't think they're they even have to run away with it they can just walk and they'll be fine um what does this mean for Milwaukee going into uh Eastern Conference Finals against I would say Philadelphia, I, unless if Trey Young has some sort of miraculous run, um, Philadelphia is looking like they they are ready. The to Hawks play. are done, um, and so yeah. if Joel Embiid is healthy, the Hawks are done. They can't handle him inside, and so I think that if I think it will be the Sixers against either Milwaukee or uh, Brooklyn, and I'm honest, which can I go ahead. Can I say I'm just super excited that we're back in an era of basketball mm. where the big man is important. He's back. The big man's back. I mean, you look at you look at Phoenix with DeAndre Ayton. You look at Utah with Rudy Gobert, and then Philadelphia with Joel Embiid. The Nuggets with Jokic. Um, I mean, like you got teams like Brooklyn that are still running small ball. You got teams. Like, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at look at the look at the first two matchups that Phoenix had. In both of these matchups, the most important was the two big men. Mm-hmm. In 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 LA, it was we knew LeBron, Booker, and Paul were all gonna go and get theirs. They really we didn't have any answer for LeBron, but they had no answer for Booker mm-hmm. and, and Paul. I mean, they had so it was the what it was is AD and Aiton. Mm-hmm. 
And then you go on to Denver, it's the same thing. The key to that matchup was DA and Booker. And now if we go to the Western Conference Finals, and it's going to be really changed back to the guard. But for the first two, it was, you know, center, center. And in the East, it's the same thing. I guarantee you if it's Philadelphia and Milwaukee, it's going to be Embiid. And I consider Giannis a big man. I don't know where you guys stand on that. I mean, the dude's seven foot. Uh, I consider him like a power forward, which to me is is a big man. He's he's Um, an absolute power forward. I... He he can even run the five for them if he needs to. Um, whenever they run those small ball lineups, they have PJ yeah. Tucker at the four. They have Middleton at the three. Uh, uh, whoever at the two and Holiday at the one. Um, and so I I would agree. Giannis is a big man, um, and <laughs> which is scary because he moves like a guard. Um, yeah. Which I mean, I was having this discussion the other day with some of my other friends. There were there were points in time where <laughs> Kevin Durant was playing the five for Golden State and sometimes he plays the five for Brooklyn right now um so I mean like that's new age of big man but he's still pretty small to be a big man but um yeah this this year has been the most exciting the NBA's been in a long time um and so it's good to finally have good basketball back and I'd be really intrigued honestly to see if Brooklyn does make it, what they would do against Joel Embiid. <laughs> like, what? I mean, the dude might go for, like, 50 a night. Because mm-hmm. they have nothing. They got rid of Jared Allen, who might have been their only... I don't know if y'all have seen DeAndre yeah. Jordan this season. Dude is slow. Yeah, no, he, he... He's slow. He's not the same player he was even, like, even, like, last year. Or even, like, two years ago. He's not the same player at all. And, I mean, Blake Griffin is rejuvenated and looking young again but he's never been a defensive presence um and so now and you can tell when a player gets i mean and i say this right after chris paul has said that everybody said this about him but obviously deandre jordan and chris paul are two different types of players uh but you can tell when a player gets old and they lose their step um, and they just slow down and deandre jordan has reached that point now where he's he's lost that step um, can he still contribute in some ways? Maybe uh, once in a while on a night. More of he knows where he needs to be, but he can't get there. Yeah, exactly. It's like Nick Collison. That's why I'm still hoping that Nick Collison will be a coach here eventually. He knew exactly where he needed to be at all points, and he knew exactly what he needed to do. One of the smartest guys in basketball, but he just physically could not get yeah. there. And that's where DeAndre Jordan's at. I mean... Jumping for all those years really took a toll on his knees and his legs, and it's catching up to him finally. Yeah. Could 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 you imagine, though, the revenge tour that Chris Paul would have if he meets Blake and DeAndre Ooh, in the finals? That would be crazy. If, I mean, if... Because Chris is the pettiest man in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think if Harden comes back, I think KD and Harden can... Make oh, yeah, not to yeah. mention Harden. CP3 yeah. can't stand oh, James yes. Harden. CP3 and Harden, that's another <laughs> backcourt duo that I forgot about. That I mean, are there any other teammates he had on the Nets now? I'll be honest, I don't think this is even a biased opinion. A Phoenix-Brooklyn series 
would be so interesting because of the the so CP3's got the Griffin, Jordan, and Harden ties, right? Mm-hmm. And then the entirety of Brooklyn's coaching staff has Phoenix ties. Oh, it's yeah. Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> like, that would be a really interesting dynamic. Would Steve Nash choke once again and, and lose in the playoffs? Be interesting. Yeah. Or would Chris Paul choke? I mean, honestly, though, that's the matchup I think everybody wants to see at this point. Like, if you're a Sixers fan, you want to see the Sixers move forward. If you're a Clippers or Jazz fan, you want to see the, you know, I mean, like, you have your team, but if you're just if your team's out of it, or if you're on a fan of the Western team looking at the East, you want to see Phoenix versus Brooklyn, just because they seem to be the two fire like most ready to win a championship out of any of these teams, and yeah. the NBA wants to see and NBA fans want to see the best go up against the best. I mean, we had all those years of. Uh, Warriors versus Cavaliers in a row, and I think everybody got kind of tired of it. Uh, but they were the best against the best, and so now we get to see two teams uh, face off against each other. That correct me if I'm wrong. Neither one of them have ever won a championship, um, and I just I think that would be such a fun series for so many reasons, like what you've already mentioned. But I do have a question with these injuries. Do you think? Because I've been thinking about this a little bit. Do you think that COVID in any way, not saying that they had COVID, but the layoff and then the quick turnaround, do you think that's contributed to the possibility of these players getting injured uh, now toward the end of the season and throughout the season? Maybe they weren't able to train the same way that they normally would with the rest of their team? I've gone back and forth on this because to a degree, I think so. I mean, there's been a few... Uh, twisted ankles, little bumps and bruises, you know, a sprained mm-hmm. ankle where you're like, okay, I could see how the wear and tear would. But at the same time, CP3 played 70 games this season at 36 years old. That's true. And he was in the playoffs in the bubble too. Mm-hmm. He went to a game seven in the bubble. Uh, and, and there have also just been some freak injuries this year. I mean, Jamal Murray's ACL tear is absolutely tragic. Uh, who was it? I forget who. Somebody fractured their wrist, and that was that was a big player. I, I can't even remember who it was now. But some of those things are just freak accidents that do happen on the court. I've gone back and forth with it. I think that there are there is some reason for concern about the quick turnaround. At the same time, I think some of it is just stuff that happens in basketball, and it sucks, and you hate to see it. But yeah, it happens. Shortest offseason in sports history, but also at the same time, I agree. Um, however, it would have been interesting to see Washington with Thomas Bryant. Mm. Thomas Bryant got injured early in the season, like you were saying, it's just a basketball thing. Um, and the Wizards were quite literally nothing last season. Um, and so they they had a longer offseason is what I'm trying to say. Um, and they still had a big injury to mm. one of their key pieces really early on. Um, and so, like like you said, it's just that's a basketball thing. Injuries are going to happen. And I know a lot of people were trying to make excuses for Miami and L.A. both getting eliminated first round. Uh, oh, they had that quick turnaround, and they're dealing with fatigue. And it's just like, I mean, I, I can understand that. I, I totally understand that. 
But at the same time, are we going to allow that bailout to be... <laughs> are we going to allow that to be their bailout? That's that's why LeBron didn't advance. That's why... Denver, Denver went to round two, and they went to th- two game sevens in the playoffs, and then a game... What was it? Uh, Lakers in five, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, their turnaround wasn't... Much longer than than L. A. and they made it to the what to the seven you know against Phoenix without they, Jamal Murray. Yeah, that's true. You know, I I think that uh, that's kind of I think that's not a great a great compare you know a great oh yeah excuse. No, I, I was saying it from the perspective of someone right. That no, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah I, I I don't agree with it. Well, that's not a take that I agree with. <laughs> and in today's uh, in today's NBA, I mean, you see like Kawhi Leonard and load management and things like that too. If teams can't figure out how to how to manage that uh, in today's NBA, where there are literally teams and franchises who decide, okay, you're going to sit out this percentage of games so that you're ready. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not as much of an excuse for that because it's become so widely accepted that yeah, your stars are going to sit out some nights so that they're ready for the postseason. So I think I think I agree. It was just a thought that came to mind seeing some of these uh, players, especially that you know made big marks in the uh, in the bubble last year, not be as big of a factor now this time around in the playoffs due to injuries. Uh, think of Jamal Murray and um, Jimmy Butler was dealing with being banged up some for Miami in that time, and so just a thought. But I agree. I think that if they choose to blame it on COVID, uh, you can't say anything necessarily about that except for it's how it was um but i think that it may be reaching for an excuse more than anything else at that point i just wanted to throw it out there and see what y'all thought about it as a possibility can we can we run through quickly what what our predictions are for the remaining three series i'm obviously we just watched oh yeah the sun sweep denver tonight um for me i think uh I think the Clips are going to win in seven. Mm. Uh, playoff Kawhi is a different breed, and I think this is – we saw something similar in 2019 with Toronto. He went down 2-0 like twice in – you know, so I'm, I'm confident in playoff Kawhi. I think Clips in seven. Uh, Bucks Brooklyn is weird um, because of the injuries. Right now, the way it's looking, I'm going to take Bucks in six. Um, and then uh, in the remaining game, remaining series, Philadelphia in five. I think it's over. I agree. I will take Philadelphia in five. I think that they've figured out the key to beating Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's a good team, but better luck next year. Uh, I think for Utah, LA. Yeah. I. I mean, I've gotta agree that the Clippers are gonna try to pull it out here. They've at this point, they show them they can against Dallas. And if Conley isn't healthy, and if Donovan Mitchell ends up staying banged up, I think that they find something. They find uh, find the resolve to win and even up the series and push forward from there um, to win it. I'd say seven. I agree with you there. But I'm going to take... Here's what I think is going to happen in the Brooklyn series. I think that Irving's going to be out for a few games. Um, he hasn't shown that he bounces back from injuries quickly. Uh, throughout his career and so if he's truly injured at all I think he's going to sit a couple games out and I think it's going to get to a point where they're going to have to push for somebody to come in 
to try to win it. I think Harden's gonna come back game six. I think it'll be too soon, uh, unfortunately. I think he won't be the player that he needs to be. Hopefully he doesn't get re-injured. Um, I think Milwaukee ends up winning that series, which is an absolute shocker mm -hmm. from the way that it started out. Oh yeah. I am looking forward to finding out more about these series as we continue to develop throughout this week um, to get these conference finals set up. Um, I'm excited for Phoenix to be moving on. I'm excited for uh, implications uh, that will be coming from this and uh, things that we have yet to learn um, as we continue moving forward. Um, I think it's going to be... I'm rooting for Utah just because I, I like the way they play mm -hmm. team basketball. I like uh, who they are. I like Donovan Mitchell. Um, and I want to see, selfishly, I want to see that Devin Booker-Donovan Mitchell matchup, and I want to see that DeAndre Ayton-Rudy Gobert matchup. Um, and honestly, also a lesser uh, talked-about matchup that would be coming from that, but two veteran point guards in Mike Conley and Chris Paul matching up. Um, and they have two of the best supporting casts in the NBA. Um, both of them are just so deep, so much depth on their rosters, and so that would be Western Conference Finals for the ages, I feel like. Um, and then Eastern Conference Finals, I think that Milwaukee, if if Harden, if Kyrie uh, stay out, um, it's going to be uh, Milwaukee's series to lose. Um, and then, I, again, Philadelphia is just looking so dominant. Um, and so how crazy is it that everything after all the wildness uh, going into the season and all the what ifs of the postseason we may end up with the one and two seed for both sides the west and the east shocking yeah, yeah. <laughs> very 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 shocking but yeah I think uh, I think it might be time for a little trivia Mars what do you think about that it is time for a little trivia. So we've been talking NBA, and so we'll have a good NBA trivia question here. And so uh, the question today is Shaq. It's rocking free throws. Um, and on NBA, on TNT, they did this whole thing where Shaq one time took um, 39 free throws, I think it was, for a game. Mm -hmm. And so Shaq took, that's a record, 39 free throws in a game. It was during that hack-a-shack time while he was with the Lakers. Uh, mm -hmm. But... That's how many free throws were attempted. Who holds the record for most free throws made in a playoff game? This is um, in NBA history. So who holds the record for most free throws made in a playoff game in NBA history? We will have that answer for you next. You're listening to the Mars Insight Sports Podcast featuring Yeach. All right, and we are back. So, we left you with a trivia question. Uh, Shaq holds the record for the most free throws attempted in a playoff game, 39, but who holds the record for the most free throws made in a playoff game? I know it's not Shaq. And the answer... It's not Shaq. It's not Shaq. Definitely is not Shaq. I think he might hold the record for the most free throws missed in a <laughs> playoff game, though. Ben Wallace? Ben Wallace is a good guess, but it is not Ben Wallace. Dang it! No, the answer is actually, we're going to throw it way back. It is Bob Cousy. Mm. 
the Celtics great Bob Cousy throwing it way back to 1953 on March 21st. It was a quadruple overtime win over the Syracuse Nationals. So if you uh, are watching the NBA right now and you're wondering where are the Nationals, uh, good luck finding them. This is 1953. <laughs> but he was 30 for 32 Ooh. on free throws made. A quadruple overtime game now. So... I mean, that's you have a lot of chances. I mean, that's stroking the basketball from the line. Dude. It's true. 30 for 32. That's the type of number that will make Steph Curry blush. Mm. Uh, but he scored 50 points in that game. So 30 of his 50 points came at the free throw line. So if you're Syracuse, wow. uh, you're probably kicking yourself uh, at the end of that game. How did we foul him that many times? Uh, there were actually 106 fouls in that game, which is a record for uh, fouls in a single playoff game. And we think fouls get called a lot today. <laughs> that, that game had to be like eight hours. <laughs> if it's quadruple uh, over time. I don't have the time on that, but I bet it was crazy long. So I just found it out. Um, I looked it up, and I figure some listeners may know this already. But the Syracuse Nationals became the Philadelphia Nationals, the Nats. And then now... Mm. Lo and behold, Philadelphia 76ers. There we go. So, there we go. Do you think 76 stands for the number of times uh, they've cheered when a player got injured on the court? They are. The Philadelphia fans are some of the most disrespectful, awful people. We will have to do a worst fan bases in the NBA uh, ranking one day. It's the Knicks. It's the Knicks. We're, it's because the Knicks. Steven Smith pages. is a Knicks fan. That yeah. covers all of it. <laughs> yes, it's the Knicks. <laughs> Josiah, what were you saying? We're, yeah, Philadelphia is just one of the worst cities in sports. I mean, Eagles fans are awful. Awful. Uh, 76ers fans are awful. I don't know much about awful. baseball, but I know that Philadelphia is not a desirable place to play in, um, regardless of the sport. And so, anyways... Back to the show. All right. Yes. So it's in our next segment, and we've done this the last two weeks. It's gotten pretty fun. Uh, we had some funny uh, comments last time around, and so we're going to roll right into a Cold lightning snow. round. So mm. start the music, and here we go. So I'm going to ask a series of questions to uh, Sipe and Yates here, and they're going to give me their just off-the-cuff quick answers, and we're going to move forward from there. So these are some of the biggest and, well, maybe not some of the biggest uh, stories in sports right now as we keep on moving forward. So the first one is pretty big, uh, college football. They're talking about the college football playoff being expanded from four teams to 12 teams. Uh, So that's a pretty big move and it sounds like it is actually picking up a lot of steam to happen. Some of the major conferences are kind of behind it. Uh, Ben, what's your first reaction? Listen, it's just like the NCAA. When we ask for something, to give us something that we don't... We were wanting, like, six to eight teams. And they're like, here, how about 12? Like, nobody asked for this. Nobody wanted this. We said, yeah, it'd be nice if, you know, we have six to eight teams. Maybe UCF could have gotten in a couple years ago. Because, I what were they? I think they were, like, five or six that year. Um, and they were undefeated. And we are like, why couldn't they have gotten in? You know, and we wanted to expand it, like, let's at least let, you know, the right behind them, you know, so we don't have to make any hard cuts. And they're like, 
How about we give you 12? This way, the 12th best team in the nation. Who, you know, and they're just doing it to let bigger teams in with big name value. Like, I guarantee you Notre Dame's going to get in a few more times and get smacked around like they normally do in every college football playoff game. Uh, Notre Dame, by the way, uh, I don't know if any of our listeners are Notre Dame's fan. Uh, most overrated college football program I have ever laid my eyes on. Every single year they're overranked, and I'm tired of it. Joe. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, leave it to the NCAA to uh, make a profit off of players that they don't allow to make any sort of profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a big money grab. Um, yep. 12 teams is a format that we're used to with uh, NFL playoffs. But um, just leave it leave it to the NCAA to uh, find a way to profit off of its players even more than it already does. Um, and it's just absolutely I, I can't stand the NCAA. They'll never see a penny of that, um, which is incredibly unfortunate. And then for football, um, there's not like a farm league you can you could go to. You can't go to like uh, like the, how the NBA has the NBA G League, um, and then in baseball you can go get drafted right out of high school. Um, it's there's farm teams. Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, football players have to spend at least three years with their programs. Um, you're dealing with guys that may see some serious injuries in those college playoffs, and of course you want to play in the playoffs to raise your draft stock. Um, so, I mean, this is just another money grab from players that will never see a penny. Um, and possibly going to, uh, I mean, you you introduce another uh, serious scare for uh, some of your future stars. Um, and so, uh, I, I wish that there was a way that uh, football players would be able to see a little bit of money from their scholarships. Um, just because I know that so many of them are, I mean, they... That's how they're able to go to college. That's how they're able to afford an education. Um, uh, and it would be nice to have a little bit of spending money to go along with that. Uh, so, because they don't have the free time to get a job outside of school. And if they are working, then they're suffering either in the social aspect or in uh, <laughs> their GPA. Um, it's true. You can have grades, you can have sleep, or you can have friends. And you when you add... Uh, Sports to that, maybe you can only have one of those things. Um, and so it gets difficult there. But I did hear, I mean, it's just, it's crazy too. They could end up, if you play all the way through, you could end up playing 17 games in a college football season when it used to be you'd play 11, maybe 12. So, I mean, they've added potentially five it's, games from what it used to be. It's utterly ridiculous that they continue to profit off players that they have no intention of helping after they graduate. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are going to graduate and be forgotten by their college football program. And a lot of them will end up... uh, Because these scholarships, a lot of times, will get people out of, you know, uh, systems of poverty. A lot of times. Mm -hmm. And um, what's going to happen is they graduate and they have nothing to do after football life. And after the NCAA is done profiting off of them, where do they go? What do they do? I mean, a lot of these university mm. degrees, if you want to play college football or college basketball, or college, you have to give your entire life to that. So they end up with degrees that sometimes don't do much for them. 
And, you know, other than coach football, they really don't have any avenues. And so a lot of times they end up back in the systems that these scholarships were supposed to rescue them from. And that's a dangerous place to be. So we'll have to keep an eye on that uh, and what develops there. But on to question two. Um, Charles Barkley, back to the NBA, NBA on TNT, he said recently, I root against all super teams. Of course I'm rooting against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, he kind of pointed to, that's not an exact quote, but the quote is, I root against all super teams. And so, how do you feel about that? This player, uh, he talks about um, KD is a great player, I think he's a great kid, uh, and he talks about uh, winning a championship, and I would have joined a super team back in my day. Me and Patrick Ewing, uh, Carl Malone, and John Stockton. But I feel good about my legacy. I'm pretty sure Patrick and John and Carl do too. How do you feel about Charles Barkley, one of the veterans, stepping up and saying, I root against all super teams? Who doesn't? I mean, I don't think it's ideal for any fan base outside of the fan base that roots for those teams to want them to win. You know what I mean? Like, the first year Golden State won, we were like, Hey, that's kind of nice, a homegrown team. Uh, you know, because all those players were drafted. Clay was drafted, Steph was drafted, Draymond was drafted. Uh, it, it, they got Iggy in a trade. I mean, really, it was a homegrown team. Uh, and then they got KD, and it's like, I don't want to root for you. Like, why would I want to root? I have, Like, you guys are clearly better than the rest of the league, you know? Um I think the league is better when when super teams don't win. I do. Uh, why did we like Miami so much last year? Because they weren't a super team. Um, and uh, that was really why. You know, and we love when, when the underdogs win. I think the league is better. I think uh, the viability of the league is better when super teams don't win. All I'm going to say is... And I know that they were all old and out of their prime, but there was a year that Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, and Scottie Pippen were all on the same team. They were old. I know they were old. I'm just giving them a hard time. But I mean, that would be yeah, like if yeah. that was that would have been if <laughs> LeBron, D Wade, and Bosh teamed up in 2015. Now. Like by that, or teamed point, up now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I agree. It's easy to root against super teams whenever um, it's not your team. Uh, like, from a football perspective, you could say that the Chiefs are, quote, end quote, a super team. I mean, it's a lot more difficult to have a super team in football, um, especially considering that, like, majority of the guys are drafted and brought in. Some acquired by trade, but, um, like these basketball teams that are just forming uh, and popping up, it's it's easy to root for them to lose. Like, seeing the Lakers lose in round one was just an absolute, that everyone loved that. Everyone loved to see the Lakers lose. Um, everyone well, listen, enjoyed seeing the Clippers struggle last year. I'll everyone be honest. Enjoyed, yeah. Even when the Lakers don't have a super team, everyone outside the Lakers fan base is happy to see the Lakers lose. I'm just name enough. name a fan base outside of the Lakers fan base that's like I don't mind the the Lakers the, you know they're a decent team nobody says that if you're not a Lakers fan you can't stand the Lakers and if you love the if you're like ah then you're not a competitive fan because the Lakers always win I'm just saying like 
if you're not a Lakers fan, you can't stand the Lakers because they always win. I mean, that's just the truth. Like, you're not a competitive fan if you're like, eh, I don't mind them. That is a very valid point. Uh, I, I remember Kobe is one of my first hates in the sports world. Uh, <laughs> couldn't stand Kobe because Kobe was always on top. Yeah, he's a, he was, was a winner. Dominating. He was a winner, and a you winner. couldn't stand him. I mean, you, you love Kobe because you love screaming Kobe as you shoot, but you hate Kobe because Kobe's always beating your team. Yep. Uh, and that's part of the L.A. winning culture, um, which I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if LeBron lives up to that L.A. winning culture, but... Huh? He's dropping Space Jam 2 coming off a of first round yeah, exit I know. whenever, whenever uh, Michael Jordan dropped it's Space true. Jam after winning... And uh, it may have been. I think it was his first. Winning. I think it was his second three P. I think he dropped it after a second three P. Let's see what your Space Jam was dropped. I thought it dropped in '98, which would have been after his second. 3P. It's a different era for sure in the NBA right now than uh, than it was before. But at the same time, I mean, you can't tell me that there weren't players back in the day too who would have wanted to join a uh, super team if given the chance in a moment. I don't know. I, I don't know, Andrew. I, I, I'm not saying honest. everyone. I'm not saying, like, obviously there were the fierce competitors, like Charles Barkley saying that he wouldn't have wanted to do that. But there were players out there that they were given the chance. They would have jumped all over it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm being honest. I don't know. I think the league has definitely changed with the camaraderie because the phones and Internet and, and social media connects us all. There wasn't as much connection back then you know you couldn't text carl malone couldn't send a text to you know patrick ewing or uh john stockton couldn't couldn't say hey how's it going uh michael you know it just just didn't happen and and today it's it's just so much easier to stay connected and a lot of them can stay connected and um you know so i i don't know it's different i think it's different i don't know if it would have happened back then that's the thing they they didn't want to team up because guys legitimately viewed each other as competition. It's not like... Well, they ha- they yeah. hated each other. Yeah. It's not a thing of like, hey, I'm going to get to see my bud that uh, I only get to see four times a season where we play against them. No, it's a thing of... Uh, it's, a, it's a rivalry game, but you don't view it as a rivalry game because you don't view the guys on the other side of the court as like... You don't respect their game. You don't respect who they are. Uh, you're going at their throat. Um, like you would have never seen Magic and Bird teaming up unless if it was the Olympics. No, they you, hated each. Like it, fair point. they have said publicly, they hated each other. Oh, I mean, yeah. they. But we don't see that anymore. No. Like LeBron would never say, "Yeah, I hate, I hated, uh, I hate Steph Curry." Yeah. He would never say that. No, or I hate are, Kevin there, Durant. There are rumors of. LeBron and Curry teaming up. That's fair. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just, it's a different league. It really is. That would have, Michael would have never, ever, ever teamed up with Stockton and Malone. No. And I guarantee you, if you asked Michael back then, he would have said, I hate them. I mean, I really, I'm being genuinely honest. That's fair. You may be right. We only see that, I mean, like, we saw Michael recruit a guy like Dennis Rodman. And I mean, like, you could say that Rodman was a quote unquote star that was brought in, but like, it's not the same. Not the same. Not the same at all. It's nowhere near the same. Uh, 
And so, no, I, I think that basketball is completely different now than it was even 10 years ago. Um, you could say that uh, Boston ushered in the era of super teams uh, whenever they yes. teamed up Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Which, which uh, is why it always annoys yeah. me that Paul Pierce says he's so against super teams. Like, yeah. dude, you created the first one. Yeah. So we got to move on uh, to keep this lightning round moving. But I, you know what? You may be right. Um... You may be right. They may there may have been nobody back then who would have done it. I just have a feeling there were probably a couple around the league who, if given the chance, they'd say, "Yeah, yeah, I would do that." But moving forward, we've seen multiple players uh, around the NBA and the NFL changing jersey numbers for next season. Obviously, LeBron James changing his back to six, um, which Space Jam he's wearing number six, and so that might be a reason why there. Maybe some marketing. Um, Jalen Ramsey has decided that he's going to change his jersey number as well. Um, and so Ramsey is going to wear number five next season instead of number 20 uh, with the Rams. Just different teams around the league starting, or different players around the, both leagues starting to change their numbers. So my question is simple, and you may already have an answer to this, but if you were in the NFL right now, what would your number be? 69. 11. 11, 69, okay. I mean, 69 is one of my numbers. Uh, basketball, my number changed quite a bit. I was 51, I was 31, then I was 43. Um, and in football, I was consistently 77. Um, but if I was in the NFL today, I, I would rock a 69 jersey. And Ben would be wearing number 11. Does it change at all if you were in the yeah. NBA, Ben? Because I'm mature. Changes the league. Uh, 11 for Larry Fitzgerald, uh, one of my childhood idols. Really looked up to him as a kid. Um, great, great, great person. Uh, I don't know if you've ever really uh, looked up stuff about him, but he is an incredible dude. Um, so 11, if I was in uh, uh, playing, if I was playing uh, football. 13 for Steve Nash, if I was playing basketball. Uh, made basketball fun to watch. Uh, baseball, number five. I loved Albert Pujols as a kid. Loved him. Number five if it was baseball. Fair. Mm. Just for the record, uh, mine would be number four. Um, we talked about him just a little bit earlier. The reason for that is Nick Collison, uh, my favorite player of all time. So any sport, no matter what, it would be number four. And then Russell Westbrook changed his number from zero to four with the Wizards, so it made it even better. So uh, mark me down, Marston, number four. Mm. And my, the final stop on this lightning round, Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom uh, took each other on in a celebrity boxing match. Now, this is not the fight of the year uh, that Abdullah and, or Hasbullah and Abdu is going to be, but it was pretty hilarious to watch some of it um, because Lamar Odom is on crack. It's like a set. A, He's on crack, and he has like a 7'6 wingspan or something like that. He's a giant compared to Aaron Carter. So he basically, Aaron Carter, there's one shot where he takes like 12 punches to Lamar Odom's face and doesn't phase him. One punch from Odom, and down goes Carter. So just what are your thoughts on celebrities boxing? And maybe what's one celebrity matchup that you might like to watch one day? I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to pay for it, but I think it's funny. Uh, I think some of the matchups and their hype is a little ridiculous. I don't know if you guys saw this, 
But Logan Paul got posted like 17 times that week mm. on ESPN. And Simone Biles were winning her seventh world yeah. Olympic uh, world championship. None? Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. I was appalled and ashamed about the sports world for that. Um, and uh, I think it's funny. Two people I would love to see box. Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood. <laughs> Harry Potter... Versus Frodo. But they have to be in costume. They have to be in costume. Mm. It's phenomenal. Fair enough. I, one of my favorite interviews of all time is the uh, Elijah Wood. Uh, will you wear wigs? <laughs> when will you wear wigs? <laughs> oh. ah, a celebrity matchup I'd like to see. Um, paid for in full. Uh... I would maybe pay for this. I'd like to see Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, who do I want to see Shaq fight? Hasbula. It'll be Hasbula. <laughs> he just kicks him. Uh, we could uh, we could get probably. I'm trying to think of a football player that would be fun, like across sports. Um, but there's no one really. Big the Donegan Sue. To. Mmm. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of someone that would be a little bit on the older side. Because, like, Aaron Donald's a clear cut for... <laughs> he he has an MMA career if he uh, decides to retire early. But uh, Aaron Donald is just a freak. Um, so he would he would injure Shaq. Uh, probably <laughs> knock him out for a couple of years if he come <laughs> today. I, but Watch out if uh, Miles Garrett gets into the um, ring and he has a helmet. And God, that would be... More. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see uh, Miles Garrett versus. Uh, oh gosh, what was his name? Who was the quarterback that he nailed? Mason Rudolph. Ru- Mason. I want to see Garrett versus Mason Rudolph. Twelve rounds. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one. That would be a good one. Um, but yeah, nothing's gonna top Hasbullah versus Abdul. My pick is Patrick Stewart versus literally anybody. I would take Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Uh, this guy, Patch, how about- he is Floyd Mayweather, who never actually got his chance to be Floyd Mayweather. I'm convinced. I don't. I don't know if you guys have seen the commercial where uh, Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart are kind of like sizing each oh, other. Oh, that That'd would be, be a fun, fun matchup. Patrick there Stewart versus Mark Hamill. Hamill Stewart. Interesting. One. Uh, there's going to be multiple of them. So go ahead and mark the first yeah, one. Hamill Stewart. One uh, needs to happen but sometime in, in 2022. Breaking here first, breaking see- news on the Marston Site Sports Podcast featuring Yeh. It's going to happen. Hamill Stewart won. Go ahead, Ben. I wouldn't mind seeing Charles, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Barkley and Shaq go a couple rounds. Just like a three round, like in all re- reality, like a three round exhibition, Barkley versus I feel Shaq. like they do that every night that on TNT in some yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> like one of them's hitting the That's floor. That's the only reason why I didn't say that because we get that all the time, but. Yeah, that would be fun to have them actually get in the ring and fight some things out. Absolutely. Nothing's going to top Hasbullah versus Abdu, though. Hasbullah versus Abdu is going to be the fight of fight the century. Fight of the century. Keep up with it. It's there coming will be up. Clips posted every single, every single year as a reminder. Hey, this fight happened. It was the best fight that ever happened. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, I was team YouTube. Uh, in the fights that happened this weekend. I didn't watch any of them, but brought a smile to my face to see Bryce Hall get knocked out. 
I don't know if y'all kept up with that or not, but did you see that at all, Marst? I kept up with it a little bit, um, just kind of as as the times have gone by with this week. But I'm just, you know, I'm not a big fan of the YouTube uh, fighters or fights. Uh, it's really not something that I'm too interested in personally, but I can understand. Me either. Celebrity fights are a little lame, but if I have to pick one, it was it would have definitely been root for YouTube. There you go. Well, that brings an end to our speed round. Uh, and so thank you for listening to this lightning round on the Mars Insight Sports Podcast featuring Yates. We will have the more topics again for next week. I think y'all did pretty well. I give you a B plus on the night. So good thank job you. with that. Good job oh, with the lightning wow. round. Uh, Mike get an A minus because of that. Thank you, Ben. That was very sweet. All right, well, we are going to move forward. But first off, this week in sports history, here's a little fact for you. Uh, on June 17th, 1992, we were talking about Charles Barkley earlier. We're talking about him again right here. Charles Barkley, the round mound of rebound, was traded from the Philadelphia 76ers to the Phoenix Suns. Congratulations, Ben. One of the greatest Phoenix Thank Suns. Thank you. Uh, we lost... We lost to Michael Jordan that year. So. One of the greatest Sun stars of all time, though. And you can still catch him on a commercial from time to time, repping Phoenix. All right, so we will be right back uh, with our next and final segment of the Marston Site Sports Podcast featuring Yeh. You love to hate them. It's time for another edition of Unpopular Sports Opinions. You guys ready to do some unpopular opinions? Yes, sir. You know me. All right. Let me start off. Ready? I think that with enough practice, I could have been an Olympic gymnast. (laughs) Ben, hang on a second. I don't mean to be rude, but... What makes you think that? Let me just ask. What makes you think this? If you're... Hang on a second. Um, listen, I'm small, I'm quick. If I if I really worked out, I could have been a For our listeners, gym. just real quick, just can you give real quick, like, a... I, I don't want to be rude, but can you say, like, your your height and your weight real quick, like your measurables? So, yeah, I'm five foot seven. I, I think I could put on about 10, 15 pounds of muscle. But like I'm not, I, I'm in good shape. I could have been an Olympic gymnast if I worked hard enough. Possibly, I'm not gonna say no. Um, so are you, you're thinking Olympic gymnast? Um, so like world stage, <laughs> top of the top of your craft. <coughs> uh, I don't know about. I, I mean, I could have been. I could have. I could have really worked at it. I think I could have done it. I listen. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. I think I could have done it. That's what they say. That's what... They say anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Uh, But anything is possible doesn't mean that it isn't still insanely difficult. I mean, how many people have been Olympic gymnasts? I could have been one of them. But I think it's funny, Ben, you're saying if I had worked hard enough at it, like, you make it sound like if I had spent just a few weekends, you know, really trying to practice this. Who knows? I never did 
I never did. I was never. Uh, I never tried. Like I never went and tried to be a gymnast. If I worked at it and I really tried, maybe I could have done it. I think I could. I think it's possible. Um, Josiah, what's your take on this? I'm not trying to be. I'm really not, Ben. I'm not trying to squash I, your dreams or anything like that. Listen, but, it's not my dream. It's already over. I can't do it uh, now. It's already, yeah, I'm just saying. It's true. I, maybe I think I could have. Because we're old, like we established earlier in the show. We're all old. You know what, Sype? I I believe in your dream and I believe Thank in you. your take. I think what you should do is that you should live through your future child. And you should mm. raise a future Olympic gymnast. Smart. Raise the next Simone Biles. S- smart. Hey, I mean, if if you... That's what it would take, is you'd have to do it uh, early. Um, but you could. You could see a, a young Sykes out there competing for the US of A. Uh... In the Olympics one day. I would be cheering. I'd be cheering loud. I feel like Ben's going to have a child named Jeremy. Jeremy no, Sykes. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not going to let you know what names we're planning on, but... Jeremy Sykes. I like how you said, uh, go and raise the next Simone Biles, and you said that his name will... <laughs> his name will be Jeremy, Jeremy Sykes. <laughs> his or her. Jeremy, Jeremy Sykes, yeah. <laughs> Joe, what's your opinion? My unpopular opinion? Mm-hmm. Give me some time. I, I don't know what I want to expose yet. Marsh, do you got yours? Yeah, I think I do. <clears throat> um, so here's my unpopular opinion. I think it comes from what I saw today with, uh, with Kyrie Irving going down, and I don't ever want to make light of an injury, um, and I think that that's what I'm going to really try to avoid right here because it isn't funny. It's really sad that it happened. Uh, puts a bump in the season for the Nets. It's difficult for uh, Kyrie. I'm sure just mentally everything the toll it takes. But I don't know if... I think we're getting to a point now where Kyrie Irving is going to end up being known, depending on how this series goes and moving forward, I think he's going to end up being known as potentially what could have been mm. um, throughout the course of his career. And maybe this is an unpopular opinion, uh, but I think... People, that championship that he won with LeBron, that's great. But I think that that's going to become almost an afterthought in people's minds when they think of Kyrie Irving, if it isn't already starting to become a bit of an afterthought because of how much of his career he's played after that with the Celtics and now the Nets, where he's been in and out of injury. He's done a lot of outside uh, stuff, just some of his press conferences, things like that. Uh, I've drawn a lot of criticism. I think we're getting to the point where perhaps Kyrie Irving, who is an NBA champion, one of the best uh, to ever really do it, um, I think we're going to forget that, oh, he had success in a championship level if the Nets don't win it this year. And so that's kind of my take, is I think that Kyrie Irving's uh, legacy has a major spot on it if they don't win this year, because I don't see him really necessarily having a great chance to win another one after the season if it goes south. I agree. Mm, look at that. Maybe it's not unpopular. I, yeah, I think that, I mean, my opinion already is that Kyrie on the court um, is the uh, Walmart version of Allen Iverson. Um, and I think that 
his legacy will be tainted if because I mean Brooklyn Nets are the most win now team we've <laughs> possibly ever seen because um, they're not going to be mm-hmm. able to retain the same roster. I think you're going to see a lot of turnover, uh, like we saw with the Lakers last season, um, where you're going to lose a lot of key pieces that aren't going to be talked about. Um, and so I think that it has a chance to taint all of their legacies, all three of their big stars' legacies, um, if if they aren't able to figure this thing out. And so, and how I think... What cra- what's most crazy about this is I honestly think Kevin Durant mm-hmm. has the least to lose out of the three of them. Mm. I think that Kevin Durant, who going into this, I mean, people were saying, oh, man, this guy he's had to go to a super team to win his championships, all these things. But he's coming off of an injury playing great, and if he stays healthy through the playoffs and the yeah. team goes down, I think people are going to be left staring more at Kyrie Irving yeah. and James Harden than at Kevin Durant. Mm. And it's crazy to think that when Kyrie was a major like centerpiece on a championship team that we may remember him more for the problems they had and his lack of success than that he actually climbed the mountain and won. Yeah. When there are other players like Russell Westbrook that for the longest time we're going to point to and say, ah, but he didn't necessarily win a championship. Now, we don't know how that's going to turn out, yeah. but I just think that it's funny that it doesn't matter where you are, your legacy can uh, be negatively affected whether you win or lose. Yeah. And I'll just throw in my... Two cents about Durant going to a super team right quick. Again, don't really necessarily enjoy the guy. Uh, he left my thunder. But he went to a super team, but he proved that he was still the best player on that team. Uh, and so he won both finals MVPs, and I think that Golden State falls apart if they don't get Durant. Uh, and we don't have a Golden State dynasty. Hmm. Uh, but anyways, I think my unpopular opinion this week, what I am going to go with. That almost could have been an unpopular opinion uh, right there, what you just gave. Yeah. Well, I mean, Durant's a game changer wherever he goes. Um, my unpopular opinion this week. And Marst is not going to like it. Oh, no. But... I am not sure. And we're going with spicy takes. I like I like giving spicy takes. I don't know if Alvin Kamara is a top 10 fantasy running back this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is... Okay. Go ahead. Give your point. I, you let me talk. I'll let you talk. Christian McCaffrey. Dalvin Cook. Saquon Barkley. Derrick Henry. You got, let's see, I think Austin Eckler, I think Nick Chubb, I could see young guys like Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers in their current situation, I see possibly Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this new Chiefs offense, Andy Reid going back to his running ways, Uh, we have a whole new offensive line full of absolute studs. And, I mean, you got Kamara in New Orleans. He's familiar with Sean Payton. He's familiar with uh, the culture that they have there, the culture that they've built. But he is losing Drew Brees, who made him the player that he is today. Um, You lose that familiarity. uh, That offense is solely carried with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. 
And I don't. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't see them. What about anywhere Jameis Winston, baby? <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah. Ben, I, you're about to be so happy. We've gone. We didn't mention him last week. We didn't mention Jameis Winston last week, so the streak is broken. Every other episode we have mentioned him, but we didn't last week. I, but yeah, anyways, I am actually going to say I don't like Jameis Winston, but I'm going to say this, and it's going to make Ben very happy. Alvin Kamara is going to have the biggest season of his entire NFL career because Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback. Jameis Crab Legs Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. Like <laughs> <Wait>, Winston. <laughs> Legs Wilson. Um, They're going to say to Jameis Winston, whatever you do, don't blow this. Don't throw an interception. And so what is he going to do? Check downs all day, baby. And Alvin Kamara is going to be right there to take off and run with it. That's not his style. That's not his style. Jameis is not a check down quarterback. And so that's another reason why I think that Kamara is not going to have uh, a season to live up to it. I think he'll have a better season than Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones is also losing his quarterback. Um, but I mean, even even a guy like Miles Gaskin in Miami, I could see him having a better fantasy, like being more of a fantasy rele- relevant running back this season than Kamara, just based on situation alone. Because uh, I mean. <laughs> If you're working with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston at quarterback, teams are going to run stuff all game. And you're dealing with a defense like Tampa Bay two times a year. Uh, You have Atlanta and you have Carolina, but um, honestly, New Orleans is going to be a losing team this season. I think they're going to have a losing record. And in all honesty, I think that's going to take a toll on all of their players. And I don't think that Kamara is going to perform to the level that we're expecting him to play at. I I think that he'll still have a top 15 fantasy finish, but it wouldn't surprise me if he fell off to, like, RB12 on the season. Um, and I think that maybe he could have a bounce-back season next year. Um, but we, we, we saw a New Orleans star take a dip after being the number one wide receiver in fantasy, uh, taking that dip down to like wide receiver 88. Granted, he had injuries, um, which it honestly wouldn't surprise me if we saw a Camara injury this season just because of how much New Orleans might be trying to play through him. Um, and that's another thing that'll take uh, its toll on him is uh, fatigue throughout the season. Um, he may have a super hot start, but I think that we won't see production whenever it hits week 11, week 12. Um, and that we'll see a steady decline. I, I'm just not buying into Camara at all. Um, and so, going with a spicy take, I think that he will probably somehow find his way um, to a top ten finish. But if we're going with spicy, unpopular opinions, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to be a top ten running back in fantasy this season. Um, you have Zeke coming back with his uh, mm-hmm. his no line. I don't know, Ben. We'll see. I I I honestly I I I'm prepared for the NFL season, but I think everything's off. I I really don't know what's going what's going to happen upcoming year. Alvin Kamara is the only thing that's going to save Jameis Winston's job mm-hmm. this year. 
That's what, I mean, that's just how I'm going to say it. I think Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback, not just this season, but the next season. And I think it'll all be because of Alvin Kamara. I'm excited to see Taysom Hill be their slot receiver. (laughs) I'm excited for him to be receiver again. And then you also, I don't know, you also have guys like Adam Troutman that I think is going to take a big step. Uh, You still have to get the ball to Michael Thomas. You have... Like you have names around um, that you you need to have step up, and so I I don't know if Kamara is going to be as fantasy relevant as he has been in years past, simply because he just doesn't look like a fantasy relevant running back whenever Drew Brees is out on the field. Um, he he had some of the worst games of his career with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Um, and so That's I think fair. That's fair. I just think after a entire off season, I think that they're gonna work something out, and it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna work out for them a little bit better there. But I mean, hey, that's what this is all about, right? On popular sports opinions, we're supposed to disagree, mix it up. And so, if you're out there listening right now, and you want to know how can I get in touch with these people and let them know my popular sports opinion, how can I let them know that yes, Ben, you should follow your dreams, be an Olympic gymnast, like. If you are out there wondering, you can comment on our Facebook pages. You can write us messages on some of these uh, avenues here. Like and subscribe our uh, our podcast if you're out there listening. Or send us a tweet. Uh, we're always on Twitter, at MarshSipeYH on Twitter. So send us that, and we will keep this conversation going throughout the week. The podcast never has to die. Amen. Great show, y'all. Uh, what are you looking forward to this week? One thing that you're looking forward to this week in sports. Uh, playoff basketball. Playoff basketball. H? Yeah, play, playoff basketball. Solidifying these conference finals. Um, and again, hoping to finally have a date set for Hezbollah versus mm. Abdu. There's, some, there's been some great marketing. Great marketing for uh, both sides. Not even necessarily by... Um, the moderator of the fight, not even necessarily by them on their personal accounts. They've been doing great, um, but it's all these fan pages and all these fan edits that are also just absolutely gassing the fight up, which is wonderful to see. I'm really enjoying it, and so I'm hoping that we maybe, just maybe, we'll get a uh, an official date uh, this week. Mm. But that'll be something that I'll be looking forward to probably for the next couple of months. That'd Shit. be phenomenal. It's going to be quite the fight. I mean, I have to agree with playoff basketball because uh, I have to slip this in here. My Arkansas Razorbacks, number one team in the country in baseball, went down today, and so they are done. So, And, Ben, I know your Arizona State uh, Sun Devils are also out, so baseball's out for me now. Don't really care who wins, but uh, the playoffs, I'm all in, locked in on that. All right. Well, I think that's all that I have. I think that's all that we have for this episode. So, uh, go Hogs. Um, and we will see you back here next time on the Marson Sight Sports Podcast featuring EH. Stay safe out there, everybody. Peace and blessings. Thank you for listening to the Marston Sipe Sports Podcast featuring Yeach. Make sure to like and subscribe to the show on the streaming platform of your choice.